in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb. Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you walking daily by the Savior's side? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Do you rest each moment in the crucified? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? When the bridegroom cometh, will your robes be white, pure and white in the blood of the Lamb? Will your souls be ready for the mansions bright, washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Lay aside the garments that are stained with sin and be washed in the blood of the Lamb. There's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean. Be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Amen. If you are, then it ought to be glory just to walk with him. 324, it is glory just to walk with him. 324. It is glory just to walk with him whose blood has ransomed me. It is rapture for my soul each day. It is joy divine to feel him near where'er my path may be. Bless the Lord, it's glory all the way. It is glory just to walk with him. It is glory just to walk with him. He will guide my steps aright. Through the veil and o'er the height, it is glory just to walk with Him. His glory when the shadows fall, to know that He is near, oh, what joy to simply trust and pray. It is glory to abide in Him when skies above are clear, yes, with Him it's glory all the way. It is glory just to walk with Him. It is glory just to walk with him. So right through the veil and o'er the height. It is glory just to walk with him. Twill be glory when I walk with him on heaven's golden shore, never from his side again to stray. Will be glory, wondrous glory, with the Savior evermore, everlasting glory all the way. It is glory just to walk with Him. It is glory just to walk with Him. He will guide my steps aright through the veil and o'er the height. It is glory just to walk with him. Amen. And one more song, 458, 458, draw me near, 458. 
I am thine, O Lord, I have heard thy voice and it told thy love to me. But I long to rise in the arms of faith and be closer drawn to thee. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope, and my will be lost in thine. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. Oh, the pure delight of a single hour that before thy throne I spend. When I kneel in prayer and with thee, my God, I commune as friend with friend. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. There are depths of love that I cannot know till I cross the narrow sea. There are heights of joy that I may not reach till I rest in peace with thee. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. Amen, and you may be seated. Amen. Let's take our prayer list here. And if you need one, wave your hand there at Brother George. And we're going to try something a little different tonight. Um, we gave Brother George a cordless mic. And if somebody's got something they want to praise the Lord about, well, we should actually be able to hear it tonight instead of yelling and everybody wondering what you said. But uh, praise the Lord. We had 74 this morning. That was one more than we had last week and two more than we had the week before. Uh, we're not heading up in huge amounts, but uh, at least we're heading in the right direction. Praise the Lord for that. Uh, the marshals are coming this week. Looking forward to them being with us. And praise the Lord for uh, just the friendship and the family uh, that is there. And then also I ask you Thursday night to pray that when the man came Friday morning, he would be able to finish the partitions, and they're done. So now we got two things finished. The ceiling is finished, and the partitions are finished. And uh, so we're, uh, we've still got windows, walls, painting, uh, radiators, and all the trim work. So 
uh, and the bathrooms. So there's, well, we got to paint the bathrooms, put up stalls, and uh, just permanently install the sinks. So we're got a lot of work to do, but uh, we're closing in on it. So praise the Lord for that. All right, any other praises to add to the list? Don't everybody jump at once. Miss Rhoda, okay. There you go. I praise the Lord for uh, meeting our every need. Amen. Now, see, you could actually hear that. So, anybody else want to join the, the praise the Lord list here? Are you afraid to talk into a microphone right now? Okay, Rowena. I praise God for the opportunity that he has given me to be able to witness to a client of ours. Just pray for her that she will be saved. Amen. Praise the Lord. He allows us to witness, gives us opportunities. All right, anybody else? Brother Trombettis. Times, oh. Yeah, just right there. Give thanks unto the Lord at all times. And last, Sun, uh, last Monday, I met some nice people at West Virginia, the brothers in the Lord, and one of them was Kevin Barlett, and I had a very good time, and thank for that. Thank, thank the Lord for that. Amen. Thank God for the brotherhood of believers. Amen. All right. Anybody else before we pray? Okay, I guess we got Ruthie's got one up here. Just speak into the microphone. Okay, praise the Lord, Miss Vivian was able to come. I was about to say the same thing that I praise God that I have a second church that I'm always welcome to come with dear friends and uh, I just praise God because he has healed my my knee almost to, it still hurts a little but after a whole year of agonizing pain I could even run a little so well praise I'm the Lord God for that. amen all right all right let's pray dear Heavenly Father we thank you for this night we thank you Lord, for so many of the requests tonight, of the praises tonight, had to deal with the fellowship of believers. We thank you for the love that you give us. Lord, we're thankful that we're actually able to share the presence of God between us as human beings. And Lord, that's what true love is, and we thank you for it. We thank you for opportunities to witness. We thank you for your work in, in our lives. We thank you that we can trust you with the future. We thank you for even caring about the partitions and the physical work going on here. We thank you for all your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Brother Franz. All right, turn with me to 622. 622, we're marching to Zion. 622. Come we that love the Lord and let our joys be known. Join in a song with sweet accord. Join in a song with sweet accord. And thus around the throne, and thus around the throne. 
We're marching to Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching upward to Zion, the beautiful city. God, let those refuse to sing who never knew our God, but children of the heavenly King, but children of the heavenly King may speak their joys abroad, may speak their joys abroad. We're marching to Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching upward to Zion, the beautiful city of God. The hill of Zion yields a thousand sacred sweets before we reach the heavenly fields. Before we reach the heavenly fields, or walk the golden streets, or walk the golden streets, we're marching to Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion, we're marching upward to Zion, the beautiful city of God. Then let our songs abound, every tear be dry. We're marching through Emmanuel's ground. We're marching through Emmanuel's ground. To fairer worlds on high, to fair worlds on high. We're marching to Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching upward to Zion, the beautiful city of God. Amen. And you can be seated. All right. Take your Bibles, if you would, and turn to the book of Exodus, chapter 30. And uh, this may be reviewed to some of you tonight. We have gone through this before on dealing with the tabernacle. And the Sunday school lesson was on the, the tabernacle. And as I began thinking, I said, well, you know, we have a prayer meeting tonight. It wouldn't hurt for us just to spend a few minutes on what the tabernacle has to teach us. And, of course, we can't get everything, but... Basically, what the tabernacle teaches us about prayer. And uh, we'll just start here in Exodus chapter 30 and verse 34. It says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Take unto thee sweet spices, Stakti and Onica and Galbanum, these sweet spices with pure frankincense, of each shall there be a like weight. And thou shalt make it a perfume, a confection after the art of the apothecary, tempered together, pure and holy. And thou shalt beat some of it very small and put it be of it before the testimony in the tabernacle of the congregation where I will meet with thee. It shall be unto you most holy. And as for the perfume which thou shalt make, ye shall not make to yourselves according to the composition thereof. It shall be unto thee holy for the Lord. Whosoever shall make like unto that to smell thereto even shall even be cut off from his people. Now, what I want us to do tonight is just look at 
these spices from the Old Testament tabernacle and uh, pray with me about something. I'm thinking after the marshals are here and things calm down a little bit is maybe taking uh, our Sunday night services and uh, uh, going through the tabernacle again. I don't know. I'm just praying about that. If, if you have any thoughts, let me know. It's an inexhaustible subject. We have new people coming in all the time that have never heard it. But we don't want to discourage others who have heard it once or twice to hear it again. So uh, just be praying about that, that God will give us the direction there. But the uh, getting into our lesson tonight, the golden altar sat right in front of the veil which separated the Holy of Holies from the holy place. Every morning there would be incense offered upon that altar Every evening, the last thing the priest would do as he retired for the day was to put fresh incense and hot coals on that altar. There was always to be a fire on the golden altar of incense. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray without ceasing. And uh, that offering was made in such a way as when the priest would come in the next morning, he would sweep the ashes off, but there would still be burning embers and there would still be that aroma drifting up off that altar. It was something that was to always be. And in the book of Revelation, we read the verse. I just want to read it to you. have it in my outline here. And another angel, Revelation 8.3, came and stood at the altar having a golden censer. And there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. Now, Revelation chapter 8, this is what's going on in heaven. There is an altar that sits before the throne of God and an angel takes a golden censer and he offers much incense thereon with the prayers of all saints. If you remember, how many remember the story of Cornelius, Acts chapter 10? It says, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. Sometimes I wonder what happens when my prayers come up for a memorial. Is there enough there that God is pleased? That is something we need to think about and understand. And as we read here, the priest had a job. One of the job of the priest was to make this incense. And this incense, it says, was most holy unto the Lord. Now, simply what that means is, we have this idea uh, foisted upon us by the traditions of strange people of holy water. And uh, people run around with a bottle of holy water and it's supposed to do stuff, right? Uh, you sprinkle, I mean, used to be in the old days, you sprinkled holy water on your house and it supposedly kept the plague out. Uh, you, uh, they take holy water and sprinkle it on little babies and and all of these strange and unusual things. That, that is exactly the opposite of what the Bible says when it talks about something holy. When something is holy, it's separated to the Lord. You don't touch it. 
It's something special for God. It's not something special you run around sprinkling all over the place hoping that it's going to change things. When something, the word holy by itself means separated. It's the same root word. When we talk about holy living, we're talking about living differently than the world lives. Now, that doesn't mean that you put on your black robes and lock yourself in a, in a cell and beat yourself every night and, and try to somehow uh, foist upon yourself some type of holiness. Um, study the history, the monasteries, some of the most wicked places on the face of this earth. That's not holy. Holy is separated for God's use and His alone. That's what the word holy means. That's all it is. When something is most holy unto the Lord, that means it's not for you to try it out. It's not for you to experiment with it and see if you can improve on God's plan. I mean, that's what we love to do, don't we? You remember during the Gulf War One, they... Uh, had this thing called the Patriot Missile System that was getting rid of those scuds. How many of you listened to the incoming scud report every day there back in the 90s when they were doing that? And, and the first thing the Israelis did when they unpacked it out of the box is they started tweaking the electronics and making it better than it was. Um, don't do that with the Word of God. Because you can't make it better. That's the root of Phariseeism, is trying to improve on God's Word. Who in the world do you think you are that you're going to improve on God's Word? Amen? I mean, we've got to get this thing that when we're talking about prayer, we're talking about our most intimate fellowship with the Holy God. And if, if you remember this morning in the Sunday school, we had the New Testament tabernacle on and somebody said, can I get a copy of that? And I said, well, I'm praying about just redoing the whole thing. And, and you'll get lots of copies of it. You'll have more copies of it than you want by the time we're done, I'm sure. But um, the veil was rent in two when Jesus died on the cross. And I love to think about that. Because the historians tell us that that veil was the thickness of your hand a fine twine linen. Just to give you an idea, you could take two of these big tractor trailers and literally hook that veil between them and it would be almost impossible for those two big tractor trailers to break. That's how strong linen is. It's incredibly strong material. You imagine how hand-woven, as thick as your hand. I mean, that curtain weighed hundreds and hundreds of pounds. God's voice just started at the top and like a sheet of notebook paper. And yet those scribes and those Pharisees looked at that and what did they do? They repaired the curtain. They put a new curtain up. 
the way into the Holy of Holies was opened by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, God ordained what he wanted offered on this golden altar of incense. You did not have an option. And these four spices here, and, and you can uh, actually, if you want to do something on your own, I just took the characteristics of the spices and, 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 and lined them up with the characteristics of our prayer. We find them in verse 34 listed. We, it says, Take unto thee sweet spices, Stakti and Onica and Galbanum. Now there's a semicolon there if you've got the right kind of Bible. Uh, there's an ending there. These first three spices are put together. And then it says, These sweet spices with pure frankincense. Now I believe that was purposeful. Because the first three spices could be found in the land of Palestine, in the land of Israel. I was reading the encyclopedia this afternoon. Uh, it's the land of Israel, not the land of Palestine. Amen. And uh, as they were, uh, as you lived in that land, these first three you could get. Frankincense had to be imported. I believe that frankincense is speaking of or representing the presence of the Holy Spirit in our prayers. You cannot get that from yourself. You've got to import it. And let me tell you, if you try to make your prayers from yourself, it's just a bunch of words. Your prayers must be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has an awful lot to say today. But be careful. The world is full of voices. You can hear all kinds of things. All you got to do is open your ears. You wonder what that Pilates and all those different yoga things are for? That's using your body as an antenna to tune in to all these different types of voices. This, these relaxation exercises, they say, empty your... Anytime you hear somebody say, empty yourself you better start watching out. You're getting into the danger zone there. Because just try it out sometime. Take a plastic bag and suck all the air out of it and hold it tight. The moment you let go, what happens? What's really fun is to get foam rubber and a vacuum cleaner and a garbage bag. Anybody ever done that? You'll take a piece of foam rubber this big, like a seat cushion, and it will shrink down to less than an inch thick. It'll be about one-tenth its size because it's all air. You get a good vacuum and suck it all out in a plastic bag, and it is the weirdest-looking thing in the world. All you got is just a little bit of foam rubber in that plastic bag, but let go, and what, what's it going to do? It's going to suck in whatever happens to be there. In fact, somebody taught me this trick. If you don't like the way your furniture smells, stuff it in a bag, suck all the air out of it, and put a perfume bottle up there and let it suck all the perfume in, and then your, your furniture will smell like perfume because it's inside the cushion now. Neat little trick, right? Hint from Heloise. You never know what you're going to get when you show up at church. Amen. The point I'm trying to illustrate is anytime you make a vacuum... 
it's going to be filled with something. And you start emptying yourself out. If it isn't being completely filled with the Lord Jesus Christ and His Word, you're going you're to suck in some trash that's going to mess you up. And here's where we are. Prayer. It says, with frankincense. It has to be imported. You say, where do you get the Scripture for this? Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. As human beings, we are not smart enough to know what to even pray for. You know why? Because you're not smart as God is. Amen? That's a good thing. Admit it. Be honest. But let's, let's be forewarned here. It says that last part of verse 34, of each shall there be a like weight. You can go to seed on anything. You can get excessively absorbed with any one part. And the thing about this prayer and these spices is they it are taking equal weights. It is something that we call balanced. Now, if any of you ever figure out how to be balanced, take my advice, write a book on it. You'll make a million bucks, tithe, and church, and you, and everybody will be doing a lot better. Amen? But... All joking aside, what we're trying to do here is understand that we need to seek the Holy Spirit of God. Now, here's how you seek the Holy Spirit of God. Right here. He's going to teach you what's written down. If it's not written in here, the Holy Spirit is not going to teach you. Because He is not going to teach you anything that isn't already in here. Because you don't need it. That's what I mean by being careful about the vacuum, being careful about letting things into your life. We have no idea how easily we can be influenced by the things that are out there. We are influenced every day. If you still watch TV, I challenge you, shut it off for a week. Just unplug it. Don't turn it on for a week. Then turn it back on. And you will not believe how filthy TV got in a week. Because it desensitizes you. We need the influence of the Holy Spirit. That comes from the Word of God. And our prayers ought to be shaped by the words of this book called the Bible. Every once in a while, I just want to go over this thing for myself personally to remind myself, hey, this thing of prayer isn't just saying, okay, God, what? this is what I need, and I need that, and you know, the church, we, we want this to happen, and Lord, this is what ought to be going on, and Lord, these people are sick, and they need your help. We call that prayers. Sometimes I wonder if God calls it prayer. We need to form our prayers under the influence of the Holy Spirit of God and the Word of God. 
That's why when we say in Jesus' name, amen, what we're really saying is if Jesus were here, if he were standing right beside me and looking at my life and what is going on right now, these are the words that he would pray. I don't know about you, but that scares me a little bit when I think about it that way. And it ought to. Because you're not talking to the president. You're not talking to some filthy politician. You're not talking to some rich person that might could write you a check and you think would solve all your problems. You're talking to God, who has the means, who has the ability to meet every need. Only God can change people's hearts. Only God can change circumstance. Only God can move the planets. Only God answers prayer. Amen. Let's look at those other three spices quickly. State tea. Now, all state tea is, is there's a little bush. I bet you can't guess what it's called. It's a state tea bush. There we go. I mean, we're getting deep tonight. Amen. And all you do, when this bush grows literally all over Palestine. You get out your little pocket knife. You go out into the backyard, wherever it happens to grow. You find a nice big round stem, and at the base of the stem, you put a nice little slit in the stem, and the stakety will ooze out. And you just let it sit there for a couple of hours and come back and scrape it all off after you've done... Uh, several dozen stems, you don't hurt the plant, you get the sap, and steak tea has a beautiful smell. It's easily obtainable. You can get it anywhere. I like to think that steak tea is a picture of asking. Asking should be a large part of our prayers, amen? God wants us to ask. Now, somebody, an influential preacher years ago, wrote a book, almost 500 pages, and the whole premise of the book was prayer is asking. But stop and think about this a minute. You have a mother, a father, a husband, a wife. If your only conversation with that person was asking for something, would you be pleased with that relationship very long? No. Our communication takes more than just saying, gimme, 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 gimme. That's the problem with a lot of kids, amen? And you know why kids go, gimme, 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 gimme? Because parents trained them that way. We got to work on that and teach them. I, had to, I can't remember which one of our kids it was, but one of them said, Oh, you just can't get that for me because you don't have the money. I said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. <clears throat> Let's have a talk here. It's not just because we don't have the money. It's because mom and dad aren't going to spend it on whatever this frivolous item at the time. I don't even remember what the item was. I said, we make choices on what we spend our money. And if we really thought you needed that, we get it for you. But 
you're the only one who really thinks you need it, and you're not getting it. N-O. Now, do you understand both of those letters put together, what it means? Amen. Uh, somebody said, what part of no don't you get, right? Uh, God wants us to ask for things. Is there anything too small to ask to bring to God in prayer? Absolutely not. Isn't it a wonderful, sweet truth to know that we can bring any request we have and the very God of heaven is going to listen to it? Stake deep. Now, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth of what things ye have need of before ye ask him. God knows what we need. But is there a parent here among us tonight that does not enjoy the process of that child coming to you and saying, Dad or Mom, I need this certain thing. I mean, it is the child recognizing they cannot get it for themselves. It is the child recognizing your rightful position as their parent, and they are coming to you and asking. It's a picture of what God wants us to do in prayer. Amen? I mean, there have been times. Uh, I, can't, I know Philip's done this on more than one occasion. He'll sit there and hold his cup out and go, mm, mm, well, we know exactly what he wants. He wants you to put something in that cup. He said, but that's not the way you ask for things around this house. Now repeat after me. May I please? And he will begin to repeat. May I please? Hey, can we at least respect God as much as we would expect to respect our parents or our children to respect us? Amen. It's just that simple. Now, nobody likes this next one. Every time I start talking about it, the lights dim in the room and everybody gets a little, oh, come on, here we go again, Pastor. Onika. It comes from the operculum of a shellfish. Now, you ever seen those little snails? like at the seashore and stuff, and they've got a little tiny door on the opening of their shell that comes and closes it up. That's the operculum. Now, I have no idea who figured this thing out, but you grab that little shellfish, that little snail, and you pick them up and you stick something in there, your pocket knife or a pair of tweezers, and you break that little door off his shell. Now, what happens to the poor little snail when you do that? It's called death. But you're not done yet. Then you take, you, you get your little basket of those things, and I mean, they're just big around as the tip of your little finger. I mean, it's not something huge here. You break those off, you gather them up in the basket, you kill the poor little shellfish in the process, and then you grind those things to powder. Now, isn't it mean enough to kill the poor little fish, the little mollusk or whatever it is? Then you have to grind them to powder, and guess what? You're not done yet. It releases no odor until you burn it. 
That's the death of self in prayer. Amen. One of the reasons why our prayers don't get where they're going is because we're not willing to go through the suffering that it takes. I think it was Brother Shaw was telling me the other day, saw in one of the Sword of the Lords, they printed a message by um, a preacher named Hyman Appleman. And he had talked to a, he's with the Lord now, and he talked to a preacher that actually had this pastor, Brother Appleman, preaching in his church. And he said he went over to the hotel room to pick him up. And he knocked on the door and no answer, and he knocked on the door and no answer. And finally he just waited there a few minutes, and pretty soon Brother Appleman came to the door and opened the door, and the preacher came in. He said he could tell he had been praying because there was a spot on that bed that was totally soaked with sweat and tears of that man while he was praying. That's Onika. You want to ask God to teach you how to pray like that. You don't want to have to wait until your kid's got 105 fever and the doctor says if that fever doesn't break, your child's going to die. That'll teach you to pray like that. By the way, my parents were told that one time. People prayed. I'm still alive. God answers prayer. But we've got to get past who we are. We've Sometimes God wants to. And, and let me tell you, it is not a pleasant experience. And like I said, the light's always dim. And oh, come on, Pastor. Why are you always on this death of self? Well, just try killing yourself sometime. See how long you stay dead. Amen? I'm not talking physically. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? I worded it that way on purpose. The battle we face. Hollywood has yet to build a horror movie as bad as what we live every day trying to deal with self. Amen? Oh, me, right where we are. Prayer is one of the things that God uses to bring us past ourselves and sometimes he grinds us to powder in a slow mill but we've still got to go through the fire before the scent is released and by the way if you think this is some strange and weird thing there are still perfumers in the Middle East to go around gathering these little shellfish and do exactly what we're talking about today The last one was galbanum. It was very similar to stakti, not quite as common. You had to look for it a little bit. Again, uh, the bark was a little thicker on this bush. It just took a little more effort. But much like stakti, it was just a sap of a little tree that grew there in the land of Israel. 
and you just get out your pocket knife and go and find it. Now, as you gathered the gum, it would you you'd make the slice in the bark and the and the resin would uh, or the sap that's in that little bush would come out and gather in little uh, beads. You could smell the safety right away. The galbanum didn't have much of a smell. Uh, in fact, its chief virtue was you mixed it with other things and it made them last longer and give a more even smell. Now, I'm allergic to almost every type of cologne. Uh, it just gets my sinuses pumping and I, I just can't even think straight. But I'll tell you, there is a difference between what you get for $9.99 on the street down here at, uh, you know, your wholesale perfume. We, we have eternity. We have all of the famous perfumes of all of the world. You put that stuff on and 30 seconds later, it's gone. Every once in a while, somebody will come in that has the expensive stuff on. And I'm washing my hands and I'm washing my... They put it on their hands and put it on their face or whatever. And it is so strong. It is after church service. Oh, man, somebody put that... That's what galbanum does. It makes it last. You know what will make your prayers last? Praise. Thanksgiving. That's why we have a testimony time. Now, I'll be honest with you. It's been difficult the last few weeks finding things to praise the Lord about. And our testimony time has been getting down a little bit. We need to start praying that God will give us some good testimonies on Sunday night at our praise time. Amen? It's something you have to work at. None of this stuff comes by accident. It's all on purpose. And we don't have time to get into the whole thing. We could build this up in, in many different ways, but here's just what I want us to understand. Let's turn back to Exodus chapter 30, and we'll be done here in just a few minutes. Verse 35, it says, You take an equal amount of each one of these things by weight. And thou, verse 35, And thou shalt make it a perfume, a confection, after the art of the apothecary, tempered together, pure and holy. There is an art to prayer. It takes a lot of time to develop art. And I'm not talking about this stuff they call art today, all right? But, you know, I think of someone that plays a musical instrument. It takes years and years and years of work to learn how to play a musical instrument. There's an art form to it. Learn how to sing. 
if you've ever heard one of those old-time singers, I mean somebody that's been singing for the Lord for 30 or 40 years. Oh, you can get some young person that's got twice the voice they do, but I'd rather listen to the old-timer any day because they've been singing for the right reasons for a long time. They've got that art form perfected. There's nothing more sickening to me than watching somebody that's been singing 34 year, 30 or 40 years that's been doing it for the world because they've got it all mined out. They've got, they just know how to do it. They're a performer. And listen, God doesn't want performers in the prayer closet. He wants somebody that has learned the art of praying. It says a confection. One of my problems is I love confections. How about you? I mean, how many of you can tell the difference between a real cannoli and something that looks like a cannoli, right? And those strange little things. I mean, I've had some tarts that just, I mean, they just set your tongue, woohoo! And I've had some other things that look just as good. You just want to go, where is the trash can? I wonder if God does that to our prayers, amen? A confection after the art of the apothecary tempered together. One of the things my wife's trying to do is teach our children how to cook. And there's been a few strange things called meatloaf show up on the kitchen table. You know why? Because it wasn't tempered. You had all the meat on this side and all the bread on this side and all the... I mean, it was mixed up a little bit, but it was not... It was not even some... One was not even something you could hide with ketchup. I mean, it was, it was pretty rough stuff. You have to temper it. You have to mix it together. You have to make sure that it's all working together because if you do not put all of the spices together, if you've got a glump of galbanum in there, it's not going to do anything. It's got to have the other spices to do its job. You've got to put it all together. It says tempered, pure, and holy. Boy, I'll tell you, when we start praying about things, especially when you start pouring your heart out to God, it's very easy to let yourself get in that mix. It's really easy to start asking things you want instead of what God wants. That's not pure. Holy means separated to God, something that God would be pleased with. You want to bless the Lord? I mean, I like to sing that song. I don't even know if it's in our hymn book. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. I remember singing that as a little kid. But you want to bless the Lord? Give him a prayer that he wants to hear. It says it's incense. And we'll end it with this. The most defined sense the human body has 
is the nose, is it not? The illusionist can trick your eyes ten times out of ten. But I'll tell you what, you get a garbage bag full of rotten, nasty stuff and put all the perfume on the world on top of it, and your nose will tell you what's in that garbage bag, won't it? In fact, they got those dogs that can smell dope inside tinfoil, inside a plastic bag, inside this and inside that, and they, they can smell. I, I'm glad they have them dogs that can smell those bombs before they get on the planes, amen? I mean, I don't know how they do that, but that dog can tell if you've ever been around any of that stuff. God uses a sense of smell because he wants us to understand how attentive he is to our prayers. We need to get to work when it comes to prayer so that God, remember, prayer doesn't change God. He can't be changed. doesn't need to be changed. He's perfect. But God uses prayer to change us so he can do what he wanted to do in the first place. And all God's people said, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you. Lord, I, I pray that for some of us, the familiarity with this text would not preclude us from a careful listening, from a reexamination of who and what we are in our prayers. And Lord, that we would be willing to learn to fashion our prayers as the art of the apothecary. Lord, we ask that you would help us as a church to learn the art, to temper, to make it pure and holy unto God. We ask, Lord, that you would give us a revival of prayer in our church and in each of our hearts. In your name we pray. Before we finish that prayer tonight, as we often do, let's just keep our heads bowed for a moment. If you need to come and just spend some time at the altar, it is open. Be just a few minutes tonight, but if you want to come and pray, All God's people said, 
Can anybody say anything? Amen. Oh, there we go. Okay. Uh, take prayer list if you would, and let's just take a moment and go over that thing. Uh, Brother George, if you'll make that ready again, if anybody needs it. Um, is there any update on Samuel? He did have this. Okay. Okay, little Samuel was born with multiple, I guess we'd just say birth defects, genetic problems. Um, he needs to have a surgery to uh, uh, reconnect his, actually his intestinal tract is upside down. They'd have to take it out completely and put it back in. And so just pray for the family. Um, pray for Brother Horton. He is on the last line there. He was... Uh, diagnosed with uh, bone cancer and they are treating him now and uh, just uh, pray for him um, I don't have any real updates on any of the other ones there um, anything else that needs to uh, please keep the max in prayer uh, praise the Lord. Last Sunday night, they were able to get out of Ivory Coast. They're safe in Ghana right now. And uh, the unrest has is continuing. Uh, the elections are supposed to be sometime in October. There's not going to be elections again this time around. Um, and it's all because of the meddling of other countries in the affairs of the Ivory Coast. And uh, it, it has made it dangerous, just uh, literally life-threatening at times for our missionaries. And so pray for them, uh, if you would, and pray for that country. Um, pray for the November elections that are coming up. I believe prayer changes things. And... Uh, if, if you follow the politics, I mean, just three weeks ago, it was uh, everybody is going to be out of power and it's all going to be Nancy Pelosi and the, and the Democrats. And uh, it's not that they're just such horrible people. They're just plain stupid, that's all. But, uh, um, you know, I, I, wouldn't you love Ted Kennedy to be your protector? We need to pray about this stuff. I mean, you need to stop and think about it. Somebody says, you're not allowed to take sides as a pastor. I'm not taking sides. I'm just asking you to think about that. <laughs> I mean, stop and think about how good a protector Ted Kennedy is. I mean, it, it's scary, is it not? And by the way, um, don't worry about the leak in the New York Times about... Uh, uh, we are now less safe because of the war in Iraq. Has anybody heard about that? It's been on all the news cycles and stuff. Uh, the White House made one comment. They said uh, the leak was incomplete. And so uh, I think I'd just let that one rest a little bit and uh, pray because, again, our safety is not in the politics or in the White House. But if you don't pray and you don't vote, you just might be saying Mrs. President someday.
And that's a scary, scary thought, isn't it? Let's pray. Uh, pray for our missionaries. Um, Brother Ovid, uh, here listed under the New Testament church planners, is actually just going to be uh, working with his church from now on. Uh, Brother Perryman's headquartered in Springfield, Missouri, or actually living in Texas now. And uh, Brother Ovid's here on the East Coast in Connecticut uh, at, at Brother Marty Schott's church. And so he's just going to kind of separate from them. I believe it's uh, a good reason. Uh, there's nothing there that he's, he's not arguing with people or anything. He's just working in the, on the East Coast and uh, wants to stay, can keep his schedule full just working here. And so... Uh, is it okay we just keep supporting him through his local church there in Connecticut and uh, keep him going? He just wrote a letter informing us of that this week. Uh, I don't have updates on any other of our, of our missionaries. And um, anything that did not get put on the prayer list that needs to be added? If not, let's break up and pray. And one special request, if you would. Pray for the meeting this week with the Marshall family. Just pray that uh, God would use Brother Marshall in a special way and that we would have a blessed time. Okay, let's pray.